0: Do us a favor, Wild Bill. Milk our ponies and bring us a glass.
1: Yo, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. A man, a man, a hero. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the enemy. Fighting to save the day. He never can up. He's always there. Fighting for freedom over land and air. GI Joe, GI Joe, GI Joe is the code name for America's daring,
2: highly trained special mission force. Its purpose: to defend human freedom against
0: Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up.
1: He'll stay till the fight's won. GI Joe will dare. GI Joe.
0: everybody! <laughs> All right, this is Robert Atkins, and we're here with the Star Joes podcast. This is Star Joes, a real animated hero. Uh, this is episode 99. So I'm your host, Robert Atkins.
1: And I'm Ryan. And I'm John. Hey, welcome aboard, John. Happy, thanks, thanks. Good to be here, guys. Ha- happy to have you on board. Yes, John Thurman is joining us for these uh, uh, episodes. I don't know if it will be every episode, but he's he's welcome to uh, to... Climb on board this uh, great space coaster that we are on right now. So, do <laughs> <laughs> you remember that show? No, news is good Gannous. Oh, absolutely, with Gary Ganoo. It's been uh, we had some very good uh, responses from the last episode, Robert. You had a little bit of notoriety going on there
0: <laughs> with my uh, my torpedo impression. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I when I was doing the editing of the show, I was like. I, of course, thought, okay, I'm just going to grab the Larry Hama intro and throw it in there and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, there's no way I cannot put <laughs> <laughs> And here's the great thing with, with the uh, call graph that we – the program that we use uh, for – or that I use for recording is it will record me on one level and then anyone else that I'm talking to on the other level. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. even if – I I was laughing when you were doing the torpedo thing. I was able to take my laughter out of it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so that so
0: anything you say is a possible soundbite. You got to be careful.
1: Exactly. The only time I can't use it is if if you and John end up talking over each other or something like that. Right. But uh, <laughs> but yes, anything could be a soundbite.
0: Okay. So, so if John starts saying something embarrassing, i will be like, give it a minute.
1: Oh, I might still find a way to make it work. <laughs> All right. So uh, so welcome aboard, John. Uh, I, I hope you're ready for all of this. <laughs> oh, you bet. You all bet. Right. All right. Awesome. Well, um, we are going to go over, uh, I believe we talked about this in advance, we're actually going to make these sh- episodes a little bit shorter, but still, it really just means you're guys going to get more episodes overall, um, because we're going to go over the five uh, episodes that involve the Pyramid of Darkness. And then uh, the next time you guys hear from us, it'll be the next five episodes in the the G.I. Joe series uh, of cartoons. So um, just to give you guys a couple pieces of information when it comes to the ongoing series, uh, it started in 1985 for the actual ongoing. Uh, It was actually September 16th of 1985, and it was set up to go uh, side by side with the second season of the Transformers. So... Nice. Um, this is also the start of the public safety announcements and lessons. Uh, awesome. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, obviously this is where the catchphrase and knowing is half the battle comes from. And a uh, majority of the episodes actually centered around the relationship of Flint and Lady J. Uh, no shocker there, I believe. And then also speaking of Lady J, I, don't, I, I know I didn't mention this last time, but I don't know if either of you guys knew this. But Lady J is actually noted as having the most lines out of any character in the G.I. Joe cartoon series.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing that somewhere. I can't uh, remember where I heard it or read it, but um, I think that has everything to do with my crush on her. Oh, yeah. Like, as a kid, just hearing that voice, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think it's just because she was in so many episodes.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. um, John, we're hoping maybe, I don't know if this will happen, but th- we're hoping maybe there'll be a little bit of balancing going on here, since Robert and I kind of see eye to eye when it comes to Flint and right. Lady J.
0: <laughs> and we just dog on Duke, like, the whole time, so... Right.
1: Oh, there'll be some more dogging on Duke, though, because uh, <laughs> we're up to, uh, the what, three captures so far for Duke? Uh, oh,
0: yeah, and it just continues.
1: Yep. And it, it keeps going. Yes, it keeps going because here's another little factoid from this uh, series. Uh, the miniseries were uh, created by Ron Friedman, and he's actually quoted as saying that he just decided to go back to the same well over and over again. <laughs> of having multiple locations for the Joes to go find certain right. items, have Duke get captured <laughs> <laughs> like he literally said, "Had Duke it's get part captured of the formula. it's part of the whole plan so <laughs> um, so I thought that was pretty interesting that uh, he would actually say that But um, <laughs> also I did look into I know uh, Robert, last time you and I talked, uh, I said I wasn't 100% sure on if they were mentioned as a covert mission force or anything like that um, Jason uh, Jackson Beck, who actually does the the phrase or the the lines in the middle of the song, uh, it's actually GI Joe's a code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. So they're just a special mission force. So it is possible that everybody in the world would know who the heck they were. Okay,
0: gotcha.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, that's that's kind of all the the actual information I uh, had. I will say uh, I will let you know also that. It originally, the Pyramid of Darkness itself actually originally debuted during primetime, so, and then it was later adapted into the more familiar five-part miniseries that we all know and love. So,
2: I think we oh. should note, note that not only did Ron Freeman write these miniseries, but do you guys realize some of the other things that he wrote long before G.I. Joe? No. No. He wrote Starsky and Hutch, BJ and the Bear, Fantasy oh. Island. Nice. This guy was around for a long time. He wrote an episode of Barney Miller, one of my personal favorite shows. Just had a, a tremendous Hollywood writing career. and Interestingly enough, I watched uh, the um, – I have the box set from 09. That, the one that's uh, like
0: the big like case. The, the,
2: yes, the one that I thought my wife was going to kill me when I bought it. <laughs> so now I've got some use out of it because I've been watching it for the last several weeks. But uh, now I watch the – there's are several segments with Ron Freeman. It's really interesting to listen to him because he was an architect by trade and he worked in a some type of psychological st- uh study where he studied kids and so he really he really broke down kind of how he wrote heroes and stuff. It was pretty interesting stuff. So if you have the box set or access to those interviews, they're definitely worth watching, you know, they're 6-7 minute segments. Nice. But uh but yeah, he uh he had quite a quite a uh quite an austere career as a writer in Hollywood for sure.
1: I wonder if we'd even be able to find some of those on like a YouTube, especially if they're only like six, seven minutes long. Someone may have uh, transferred them onto yeah. something like that. So very interesting. Very cool. Also one, one correction to make, cause I realized that while I was watching these episodes, Robert, you asked me which was my favorite intro for G.I. Joe. Um, yeah. the pyramid of darkness intro was actually my favorite intro because that's the one where you have Flint Grabbing Cobra Commander and throwing him through the glass window, and he falls yeah. onto the globe. Oh. And then you have at the very end of it, there's Flint and Lady J and Alpine, and like, all, like my basically taking my favorite characters and putting them front and center. Mm-hmm. So I would say the Pyramid of Darkness was definitely my favorite intro out of all of them, and I had unfortunately I had totally forgotten about it. And this is the one where where Destro is picked up and tossed like a little rag doll.
0: <laughs> I know. Somebody chucks him, like, out of that weird kind of hovercraft snake plane thing they've got going on, and he just gets chucked. Like, who knows how t- high that is, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, it's hundreds of feet in the air. And then I don't know who catches him. Like, it's it's nobody, like... Uh, I mean, any human I would, I would obviously just be smashed by his giant metal head, right? But right. whoever catches they just catch him and then just chuck him around like he's a hot potato. Right. Just,
2: well, his footloose catch him. catches him and throws him in a bazooka,
1: doesn't he? Something like
0: oh, that. Oh, I think so. Yeah, it's somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like, don't understand if it's, like, roadblock and he catches him and he's, like, juggling him in the air. He's, like...
1: And someone to oh, please wait. explain to me why Airtight was the one in tr- uh, trusted with put planting the bomb. I'm like, is that the guy that you want, like... <laughs>
0: Well, we'll find out in the episodes coming up. But he is a total nerd. Oh, yeah.
1: If there's anybody
0: who would have the exact calculations for when (laughs) this is going to go off, it'd be him. Yeah. But I don't think he's necessarily a demolitions expert or anything. No, no. you think maybe Tripwire would do it. I don't know. Exactly.
1: Well, and that was actually one of the things just watching these episodes, too, that I actually really, really liked um, is that just within like a matter of a, a couple seconds, like maybe within 10 seconds, you knew these characters that were just introduced, you knew what their personalities were almost right from the very beginning, oh, yeah, I mean, they did a really good job of of giving like a character just one or two lines, and just from those one or two lines, you knew the personality of this character and what and as probably as much as you needed to know about them.
0: Oh, I mean, the second you hear Polly's voice, you instantly know he's going to be
1: annoying <sighs> oh. right?
0: for the next ninety five <laughs> episodes. you're like, you know what i have a I have a feeling, I think I know this character already <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into Polly. <laughs> oh that, my gosh, somebody needs to kill that bird. That's the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what?
0: If it wasn't for Polly, half the Joes would be dead. I
1: agree. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna find out how important the Joe pets are in these oh episodes. <laughs> so uh so we might as well just go ahead and get into it unless you guys have anything else you wanted to say before we get into part one.
0: No, well um well maybe we could do this at the end, but out of the three miniseries, which was your favorite? Oh,
1: um, not this one, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe this is something we could uh touch on at the end because yeah, let's do it at
0: the end. Because I'm trying to okay. think,
1: I'm trying to think off the top of my head and I, I'm just coming up blank, but I know there was like definitely one that stood out for me. Um, I'm just I can't remember if it was like part three or part four, but. Yeah, it's definitely not the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, right, so the first uh, episode is Pyramid of Darkness Part 1, The Further Adventures of G.I. Joe. And as always, uh, John and Robert, feel free to jump in as I'm going over some of the synopsis of anything that stood out for you guys. So uh, whether good or ridiculous. Uh, Mostly ridiculous. Mostly Mostly ridiculous is absolutely right.
0: And something we should also point out, like I think somebody mentioned on the forum that I mean we are obviously looking at this through adult eyes yeah. you know what I mean like when we were kids it, it, suffice it to say we wouldn't be doing the show except that it made a huge impression on us right and we we love it and i think it was uh, fa- especially fantastic for the time it came out um but we're going to rag on it like crazy oh, yeah. i mean this is going to it's just ridiculous it's and, meant and to i love finding out how yeah. silly it is yeah
1: it's meant to be all in good fun i mean i'm I, i'm sure i speak for both of you guys too but i mean i'm still having a blast watching them again oh yeah But I watch them, like you said, with adult eyes. How can I not watch them with adult eyes and just go, what (laughs) the hell? (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, I, if you, once we're done with all these, I am enjoying them so much. I, would have no problem going right back to the beginning and watching it all again because I am enjoying them. So
0: yeah, and that's like I said, I be, I, I feel like I'm doing that because I watched these earlier, you know, last year, sometime yeah. last year, and it feels like I'm yeah, I've seen them not too long ago, and they just still really hold up. A lot of them. Yeah. So so even though we are looking at adult eyes, there's plenty of times where I'm like, wow, that was a really good sequence, or okay. that was a good episode where I'm like, man, everybody's involved and all, you know, it's really thought out, and so there's a few really, you know, cool moments or even full episodes
1: yeah i know for a fact that there's some episodes coming up and and uh very soon in fact uh are ones that really stood out for me that i really enjoyed didn't and actually really didn't have a lot to really pick apart right um especially once you get into some of the later episodes that rely on some of the continuity that came before i'm like wow that was really cool because if you've watched the previous episodes you knew what was going on and stuff like that so yeah so I, I think they do definitely find their stride a lot in a lot more in the later episodes. But again, it's it's all done in fun. we we still love these cartoons. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about that. So all right, so let's get into this one. Uh, I'm just going by my synopsis on the forums here. So like I said, feel free you guys to jump in at any moment. Uh, so I said the Joes are guarding the transfer of a space shuttle to its launch pad. Uh, my comment was, hmm, Joe's guarding a transportation of something. Where have we seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shuttle starts to launch, uh, but Cobra attacks, launching nets around the shuttle so that they can steal it. Uh, the Joes are ready, though, and, and uh, launch a counterattack to save the shuttle. So,
0: Which I'm like, the the nets that the that Cobra uses are just have got to be made of the most the durable material ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> and they've used this multiple times. They're like, let's throw a net on it.
1: Right. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's yeah. I was like just much like the I think it's made of the same netting that caught the uh meteorite that one in the yeah. earlier episode. <laughs> exactly. So um uh, right. so Cobra looks uh about to be captured uh well, and actually one of the things too that I think has to be mentioned cuz this was one of the first things when I started rewatching these cartoons, I actually watched this episode first before I even got the idea to do a great rewatch and uh One thing stood out very quickly for me in this battle, which is uh, at the beginning, Flint flies a Sky Striker and cuts a Hiss tank in half using the wing. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I've got that written down, too. I I saw that. and I was like, wait a minute. Did that just happen? (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure the plane would be destroyed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was bizarre. I just couldn't.
1: Um, I also like the fact that they didn't, uh, the Joes didn't pick up any Cobra activity on the sensors until just before Cobra attacks, and then we find out that they were all actually hiding in little hideouts and stuff like that because
0: <laughs> they knew it was coming.
1: Yeah, um, I did love seeing uh, Tomax and Zaymot, because they're two of my favorite uh, Cobra characters.
0: Yeah, and this is they because they didn't show up in the other miniseries, right? And no. This is their first kind of debut.
1: Yeah, this is their first debut. Um, although a very, they're very. Immediately, very ineffectual fighting force. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a reason why their day job is in business suits. Yes. You, know what I mean?
1: <laughs> you punch one, the other one feels it, and uh, they both go crashing down because of it.
0: And you, you know, and it's uh, you know they did they definitely make a point of it, pointing this out as like a special like psychic link or you know however you want to say it. But uh, it amazes me how often they it happens, and then somebody around them didn't know that that was part of their. Uh, ability or whatever like yeah. uh, this happens now and they're like what if i punch him he falls over and then yeah, episodes down the road like cobra commander doesn't even know about it right you know what <laughs> i mean they're just like
1: what how do you not know it's like you hired these guys but wouldn't you spread that to the whole joe team and yeah if you were cobra <laughs> wouldn't you tell all the cobra agents to say don't let one of these guys get hit <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know i don't get it
1: um i did love seeing alpine and bazooka alpine's always been one of my favorite characters and right from the beginning when the shuttle opens up you see alpine taking center stage it's amazing too what a role alpine plays in these cartoons considering he's a mountain climber
0: (laughs) yeah this is where they take the time i mean it happens a little later on in the the series but um He's really, like, eloquent, you know, in the things he says, like, almost poetic. And then, of course, they team him up with Bazooka, who can, like, has one-word sentences, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, and the one thing I noticed with Alpine, too, uh, and I made a note of it, was that he was funny without being silly.
0: Yeah, that's Um, true.
1: They did a good job of giving him, like, a sense of humor without him being completely off-the-wall, ridiculous, like, you know, Bazooka. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh so anyways cobra looks uh, about to be captured with destro escaping in a rattler again destro escaping yeah he's good capture. at that <laughs> um before cobra commander and tomax and zaymod are captured a uh, some giant water robots come out of the river
0: oh wait wait before we get to that no okay. the how destro escapes i thought always thought was really cool like i like um there's this really fun kind of Air chasing, you know, with the sky strikers and the Rattlers and yeah. Lady J and, and Flint are chasing after him, and it's just this flight all through the city. All so you have like city, yeah. Yeah. You really all these cool. skyscrapers and stuff, and then of course he gets, yeah, uh, you know, they split up to go around a building, and he flies into uh, Extensive Enterprises building, you know, and and the little trap door, and so he hides. But um, yep. and they're like, where'd he go? Yeah. So I mean, I remember that from when I was a kid. I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, you know,
1: it was it was pretty cool. And, and again, probably unrealistic but not so unrealistic <laughs> that you that it isn't cool i mean yeah. jet planes flying between buildings you're pretty much going to shatter glass everywhere but <laughs> but in the in the sense of a cartoon you're just like wow it's cool like they're zipping in between buildings and, and everything else and and you actually hear like tactics too because you know you have flint going one yeah. way lady j going the other and it's like let's cut them off and
0: yeah, and that should have worked. So that is cool action that could actually happen, you know, at least in this kind of suspension of disbelief reality. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The next thing that happens <laughs> would never be possible. <laughs> These two giant blue water robots come out of the, the river. Uh, well, basically, G.I. Joe had kind of herded Cobra to the um, you know, the Knights. bank of this river, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, and Cobra Commander's like, that's it. We surrender it. We're done. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. so willing to give up. And then these gigantic (laughs) water robots pop up, and you're like, where the crap? Like, why didn't they just get those big water robots out and, you know, attack the the shuttle? shuttle.
1: I was was going to say, (laughs) pick up that shuttle.
0: Put it on your shoulders, take it back to the river. Right.
1: (laughs) The end. They're obviously unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they they take uh, Cobra Commander, Tomax, and Zayma back to their secret underwater Cobra base, which... Just very coincidentally is right there where they were battling. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm like, yeah, this whole this whole thing's convenient.
1: Um so and of
0: course it's the first time we see of course, you know, Shipwreck was flying one of the sky strikers, right?
1: Uh he was uh yeah, he was flying one of the sky strikers.
0: And Polly is on his shoulders. Yes. <laughs> As you know, those animals in air battles. Yep.
1: And uh, uh, we have uh, Shipwreck is actually then uh, even smarter move, they put Shipwreck into a shark with right. Polly.
0: Yes. And as they're going down, he's like, get a grip on your tattoos. And I'm like, what What does that mean? Like, so often, Shipwreck has these weirdest lines that mean absolutely nothing. And then, of course, you put roadblock in a shark. Right. And he's like, dive if you want to stay alive. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And he's like, and then <laughs> the robots show up. And he's like, oh, put it in reverse or it's going to get worse. And you're just like, there's all these terrible rhymes one after the next.
1: Um, then we have, uh, so they go under after the water robots and, uh, we, uh, a little battle ensues between them and the water robots. Uh, Roblox is actually shot out of the water in his shark. Uh, he's actually like sucked into it and then like shot out by a water cannon type thing. Um, snake eyes is like knocked into the, the, the sand and then so is shipwreck. And I loved how shipwreck put up his periscope. And then looked over and saw Snake Eyes periscope up, and he's like, "Snake Eyes, is that <laughs> like, you?" It's you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Snake Eyes says nothing. <laughs> right. You know, the, uh, those periscopes reminded me of like the R two D two. Oh yeah. little Boop! It comes up out of the <laughs> like comes out by the sand. He's like, "Hey, Snake Eyes." Well,
1: not, not I only, recognize that periscope anyway. Yeah, and not only like the fact that Snake Eyes can't respond, but also I'm like, who else would you think it's gonna be? <laughs> <laughs> nope it's snake eyes's mom <laughs> she's right. in the right. she's underwater <laughs> um so then we have uh while all this is going on uh inside we see uh or we see snake eyes and uh actually get inside the cobra base and snake eyes get inside the cobra base uh with their pets of course Sorry. and <laughs> and uh They get through some, like, these large sewer-sized tunnels, and once they're inside, they take out a couple of uh, Cobra Troopers, and they actually take their uniforms, uh, and they go into this, like, underground subway transport that goes (laughs) to the main base then.
0: Okay, I got to say, Snake Eyes in disguise, (laughs) stupidest idea ever. Like, (laughs) he just puts a Cobra hat on. Yeah. It's obviously him!
1: (laughs) I I think we established in the earlier episode that everyone knows who Snake Eyes is that works for Cobra.
0: <laughs> yeah, exa- I mean, oh, geez.
1: So, yeah, uh, I don't know, like maybe give him a fake face that he could put over that or something. I don't know. But,
0: well, I, I think but it's he's a ninja, you know, stick to the shadows. Right. right.
2: When when they're on the train or on the subway and Shipwreck starts talking to the other people. Oh, yeah. Did you catch what he said? <laughs> Nobody wants to know a subway philosopher. I thought
1: that was great. Oh, yeah, that was a good <laughs> one. Of those
2: great throwaway lines. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so while this is going on, uh, we have uh, Flint and Lady J. They lose Desper- Destro, as we talked about in his Rattler, uh, in a secret hangar in a, sky striker, or a skyscraper. Or uh, skyscraper. Destro meets up with Cobra Commander, Tomax, and Zaymot. Uh Cobra Commander then reveals that it was all part of a plan all along.
0: <laughs> yeah, him him like surrendering on the beach, you right. know, on the bank.
1: And that was so that they could put this payload the secret payload into the shuttle, which I don't know how anyone didn't notice this was going on when they revealed it.
0: <laughs> like they're swarming around in jetpacks. Like you've got, you know, sky strikers and dragonflies. Right. And here comes uh, this anyways.
1: little rattler that no one notices. Yeah. The payload Just park, the.
0: parks right next to the <laughs> shuttle.
1: Um, so then we see that, uh, the shuttles piloted by dusty mm. and mutt. Mutt. <laughs> yes, dusty's fine. It's, a space shuttle? Yes. I mean, at least pick Ace. I mean, at least then you got some. somebody. <laughs> the best part, though, is that Mutt brings Junkyard with him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dogs in space.
1: So, yeah. so And then uh, along with them is Breaker and an unidentified Joe.
0: Yeah, that was. I didn't know who that was. <laughs> and, I thought that was Tan Clutch.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> it was revealed when I looked into it. Uh, they were, he was given a name of Sergeant Popper and it was, it was a playoff with Sergeant Pepper, I guess. Yeah. Even though it ends up being dun, 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 Zartan, uh, some, somehow, some website I found said that he was known as Sergeant Popper. So just going by what I read. (laughs) Um, they do find the, uh, the, uh, the payload that was put on there. Uh, But I was amazed to find out that they only took one of the mysterious payloads, and they left the other one there so that Zartan could reveal (laughs) the (laughs) Dreadnoughts.
0: I know. They're like, there's two things we don't know. Let's take one and just leave the other one there. Right.
1: So uh, they move this mysterious payload. They open it up, and these little furry creatures come out. This weird the, alien Ewok, yeah. things. This is where we jumped the shark, <laughs> if we hadn't already.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like everything else is kind of believable in this GI Joe world, right? Yeah, even the giant water robots, maybe. Exactly. I'm like, uh, you know, I can believe that. We've we've had giant, you know, come to life, uh, you know, Incan, your know, Aztec stone, you know, giants, and we've had giant robots and with the yeah. cobra, cobra robots and stuff. So it's like okay. This is a little ridiculous. But the second there's these weird alien... Uh, what are they called? Fatal, fatal Furies? Fluffies. Fatal fluffies. fluffies.
1: Yeah.
0: I was just like, what? It was it made no sense.
1: So there's a card inside the payload that says... It's <laughs> from Cobra Commander. And it says that these creatures are called Fatal Fluffies. And that they have a deadly secret. Now, at this point, I'm shooting.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so... So who is who is reading... Who was reading it? Was it Mutt? Oh, it was totally Mutt. It was okay. Mutt, yeah. He says, as he's reading the card, I wish I would have wrote it down. But he has the card in his hand, and he's reading it, right? Right. So you can obviously read what the card says. Right. What he says it does not is match not up. what the card says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can Mutt even read?
1: And obviously what, obviously what I think happened is they had something scripted for the voice actors to read. Yeah. And then when the animators went in there, they didn't write down what was read. <laughs>
0: He just wrote whatever they wanted. Like, hey, check it out. There's a cargo. You don't know what it is. I did it the
1: doesn't... same. I did the same thing though, Robert. I paused it and I went back and I go, that card didn't say the same <laughs> thing. But I, maybe I missed it. Maybe I misread it. Or
0: oh man, much should never read any kind of important <laughs> document from now on.
1: So um, so yeah, Scarlet was like hugging one of the fatal fluffies, and like I said, the second, I've heard that those things were from Cobra Commander. They're dead. Yeah, exactly. I'm not taking a chance.
0: I don't care how cute in a weird way they look, because they're not even that cute. They're a no. little gross,
1: but... Yeah. So then Zartan arrives, and he blows a whistle, and the Fatal Fluffy's now turn into these giant, deadly creatures that breathe fire, and they have guns mysterious Laser guns? Where did the guns come from? I, well, I want to know where the... Bi- don't ...metal pieces came from on them, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, like their metal pants and stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, like...
0: <laughs> they... So... Why would they need laser rifles if they can breathe they fire? fire. Right. <laughs> like, we, we spent weeks combat training these fatal fluffies with their laser rifles. <laughs> I'm like, they know how to use it. They're intelligent enough to like, use a laser rifle, but they can't talk.
1: Well, they can talk later on. They do actually talk later
0: Yeah, see, now they don't. But later they're oh, like, get yeah. in line. And you're like, what? Yeah. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, And because they overpower them... Uh, shocker, Duke gets captured. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up to four captures now. Yes. That's our running tally so far. Four captures for Duke. And again, proving what Robert and I talked about last episode, uh, it does not pay to be friends or close by with Duke at the time because oh. Scarlet and everyone else gets captured along with them. Uh, like it,
0: like when they're calling off the roster, they're like okay, Scarlett, Stalker, you guys are going with Duke. They're like, oh man, put, ah, grab some MREs. We're gonna be stuck in a cell for three days.
1: Put the shackles on now. <laughs> uh, exactly,
0: yeah. But they, they just take us, like they just walk right up yeah. to the cover base, just put us in shackles.
1: So then we have Zartan uh, calls down to the satellite uh, to the uh, from the satellite to the Joe base and lets them know that. He is now uh, has their location and he uses a satellite to actually fire this really powerful laser that completely demolishes the base. Uh.
0: Yeah, holy crap! It just blew the pit up. Yeah, I mean, big time. Yeah, it's like first episode of the regular series, pit destroyed. Yep. I was like, I could not believe yeah. like, that was pretty big. I mean, that's that's pretty gutsy for the first episode and to not, show they mean business.
1: And not only did it blow up the entire pit, but Flint lost his beret. <laughs> Because when we,
0: that's when you know it's on. <laughs>
1: right. Because <laughs> when Flint organizes all the Joes together to start repairing everything, he no longer has ber- his beret on and that just cannot happen. So um, also one of the things that I noticed in there, uh, I don't know if you guys caught it, but in the the rubble of the base, uh, quick kicks in there what yeah
0: no i didn't notice that
1: (laughs) yeah uh, right after the the joe base is destroyed uh and they kind of do that panning shot yeah over to flint and everything else yeah quick kicks there and uh he hasn't really signed up with the team yet just
0: like standing around (laughs) with the other people yeah (laughs) he's like hey is this where all the stunt crew is sitting around (laughs) i'm here to be an extra in this film exactly
1: (laughs) So then we have a uh, Cobra Commander reveals to Destro that the satellite was just part of uh, his larger plan. He now plans to have uh, cubes built in four locations around the globe, and uh, when completed, we'll, they will create the Pyramid of Darkness, where nothing under it will have power.
2: Now I got to ask a question. Yes. You watch the, you, This is, goes through the. This is a through line for all these episodes. Mm-hmm. That pyramid does not cover the entire planet. <laughs> no, it only covers half. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say three-quarters, fair enough. Yeah. But, you know, the, we're going to see this off and on. I think it was very entertaining that, you know, they can control all the energy across the planet, but apparently, I guess, Antarctica doesn't count. Right. Well, that, no,
0: Well, even, like, if you're going to cover North America, then pretty much anybody in Asia yeah. can just shoot up their own rocket and blow up your satellite. Right. You know, like, it we're just Australia. doesn't... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're not... It's not like you're... It's a threat to the whole world. Right. Well, there's there are
2: some serious questions about the pyramids' effect, effectiveness later on, I think we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay, yes. yeah. I have some questions soon after the fact.
1: But The other thing that I find interesting with this whole series is if you notice where they locate each of the – when you're seeing the picture of the globe, the cubes are all, like, perfectly aligned. But when you actually see the location of where all the cubes are, like one's in the snow-covered area, one's in a tropical area, I'm like – I don't know if you guys understand lat- uh, latitudes, but they pretty much would all have a similar climate.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, because they're all circled around the Earth at the same
1: point. Right. So um, so to close the episode, uh, mean, uh, when everything was going on, Shipwreck <laughs> and Snake Eyes arrive at a Cobra base, <laughs> and Shipwreck tries to repeat the passcode phrase, well,
0: so like all the all the troopers are going in, and they yep. have to say this phrase right to get past this guard robot. Yeah. Which, like this this robot, you you don't see any other robot like this no, ever. No. In in the entire series, I and mean, he looked strange. So, uh, of course they he tries to say the phrase that he overhears the other troopers say, and then it, you know, they do like a voice recognition, and it doesn't match up. So then they're just instantly put in a death trap. You know, it's just like why why doesn't this uh robot have a gun? Right. For one thing. Or why don't you just use regular troopers to like test out the voice activation, right. you know? And and like any other regular guard station.
1: Well, the thing I noticed too when it came to this robot is that evidently someone was watching a lot of Doctor Who at the time because it sounds just like a Dalek because <laughs> it keeps going, exterminate, exterminate, exterminate.
0: Oh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> well, so, I mean, once he says, okay, uh, your voice doesn't match, they're not going to, like, take these people and put them in an interrogation cell and find out, you know, who they are, what they know, why they're trying, why they're trying to infiltrate the base. They're like, no, we're going to make the walls and the ceiling and floor <laughs> all enclosed and smash them, and then, like, giant uh saws come up from the floor we're gonna cut them in half and then there was like four or five other things like all happening at once i'm like what this is the most bizarre entrance you know into any kind of a base
1: exactly so that that, end of the episode yeah uh so then we go into part two which is known as the rendezvous in the city of the dead Right. The interesting thing with this episode is very, I think almost none of it takes place in the city of the dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. I thought the end did, or is that does it go into the next episode when it? I does? think it goes into the next episode. Because <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I think the I ron, the rendezvous as they get there.
1: Right. Because I actually was like, I remember watching the episode, and at the end of it, I go and they talk about tell you what's going to happen next time, and I was like. Wait, next time's when they get to the city of the dead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, in this episode, we have Polly saves shipwreck and Snake Eyes because somehow, Ah. somehow the voice recognizes Polly's voice.
0: This is stupid. This is just
1: crazy, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. The uh, and uh, sh- ship and the best part too is the fact that I don't know. Like even going back to the previous episode, even if it recognized Shipwreck's voice, what was Snake Eyes gonna do?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. How was he ever supposed to get past this robot?
1: <laughs> so um, Shipwreck plants a homing beacon on one of the cubes, uh, so that the Joes can actually locate it.
0: And this is one of the things where the Joes do something like incredibly intelligent. Yeah. You know, like all throughout this, we talk about all the silly things they do and the things that don't make sense. But throughout this whole Pyramid of Darkness, um, you know, miniseries, what I what I really liked about it was you have small two or three man teams that are gathering like essential intel. Yeah. To uh, and then at the very end they bring it all together and then that's how they defeat him. And I'm like, that's perfect to me. That was like, oh yeah, uh, the whole the whole um, what J.I. Joe's all about. You know, you get these. These small groups of people that have a a special uh, skill or ability, and they go and do something. Yeah, they gather their part of the bigger picture, and then Joe, as a whole, defeats Cobra. But it's with all these small parts put together.
1: And really, when you think about it, having Shipwreck and Snake Eyes team up for this type of mission, I mean, they had to go underwater, so that makes sense to have Shipwreck there. And, and you have to be stealthy, so you have Snake Eyes there. I mean, it kind of makes yeah, sense.
0: Yeah, but come on. I mean, but Snake Eyes <laughs> is not stealthy <laughs> at all I this agree. entire episode. In
1: the real world, though, this team would would make <laughs> a little bit of sense, though.
0: It would make sense if he did any kind of ninja right. anything throughout that whole episode.
1: <laughs> I did like that they got stopped... Uh, by another Cobra officer and asked about the animals. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's then, the
0: best. Uh, so, his, the, so their excuse, Shipwreck's excuse is like, hey, if you want to take them, that's fine. Use them for target practice. But he's like, but we got to get these up to Destro and Cobra Commander because they're, they're animals or whatever. And they use this excuse over and over and over, like over the next few episodes where somebody's caught and their excuse is, hey, this is it. You, know, you can take it in, but you're going to have to answer to Cobra Commander, or you're going to have to answer to Destro, right. and everybody's like, oh, crap, alright. But, you know.
2: but it's not only not only that, but in, in that scene, Shipwreck, again, with another zinger, says, Hitler had a canary, and yeah. Attila the Hun liked
0: goldfish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember the historical characters that he... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hitler and
0: Attila the Hun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, good times. Like, who would
0: believe this guy? Like, yeah. Come on.
1: Um. Evidently, Shipwreck's uh, biggest quality is that he can talk his way out of any... Situation.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's a good con man.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Joes take a temporary base on aircraft carrier, and I don't think it was being called the USS Flag. Not anything.
0: in this episode, but no. in the next episode it is. Yeah, I was going to but- say.
1: I thought so, yeah.
0: But
2: it's temporary, but it has a big G.I. Joe logo on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and and the the Admiral is like, he lets him know it's temporary. Like, he doesn't like him. Yeah. Like, the very first time you see the Admiral, he's like, I want you off my ship, especially this woman.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's the most <laughs> chauvinistic Admiral <laughs> exactly. you'll ever find. Um, At first, I didn't remember what his name was. I, I remembered what it was in a later episode, but I was originally calling him Admiral Double Wide because he was – the largest the most rotund <laughs> admiral I've ever seen. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he reinforces that the ship is a temporary and he doesn't like having women on board, or in the military for that matter, and Lady J says, you know, that's old way of thinking, and he says, Well, I'm an old old soldier. Yeah, so.
0: I'm old I'm old Navy.
1: Yeah. Um so he advises that Lady J not go on the next mission, but of course Lady J won't have any of that. So
0: well, and then Flint was like, uh, you know, she's not just a lady; she's my teammate. And then when they're all rushing off to go do their mission, he's like, "Yo, Joe," and he says it like, <laughs> like it's an insult or something, you know? Like he's just like in your
1: face. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I just remember that being the quality of his voice. He's like, "Yeah."
1: Yep. So then we have uh, we go back up to the satellite where we have uh, Dusty and Mutt devise a plan to get Dusty to the control deck by messing with the gravity.
0: Uh, Which, of course, seeing dreadnoks fly around (laughs) on their (laughs) four-wheelers. I'm like, they don't have any thrusters or jets or anything to make them actually go.
1: The (laughs) wheels make it go. Come on. Uh, So uh, Dusty actually does get to the control deck uh, briefly to see Cobra's plans. And he sees Duke being held as a prisoner uh, before Dusty's actually recaptured and, and Duke is knocked out. So right. I don't know what his plan was when he got to the control deck, <laughs> but we got him there for... Yeah,
0: he was all, I need gravity! And he just, like, runs in, bonk, gets knocked out, they take him out. You're like, what What was that all about? Like, I had forgot, actually, in rewatching the... The episodes, I forgot his southern accent and then actually how much Dusty annoys me. <laughs> like, uh I like the character, but then when I hear his voice, I'm like, yeah, not so much anymore. <laughs> his stupid song that he was made of.
1: Oh, up. that was hilarious. If I can find that, I'll put it in the episode. But oh, my God.
0: So bad. I don't know. No, please don't. I don't want to hear it again.
1: So uh, then we go to Destro uh, with uh, Cobra placing the first cube in an area surrounded by this red jelly, like, goop stuff. (laughs) It's like pink, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flint and Lady J arrive only to be shot down and uh, have to take cover. The thing that was really interesting, too, I believe it was at this moment, is when they first got there, Destro got... The goop splashed in his face, and he, like, asked for, like, a buffer or something. A sander. sander. A sander. sander. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world? Because you just automatically have one of those ready for in case you well, get goop in your face. And I thought the red stuff, since it was
2: the devil's playground where they were supposed to be planting this thing, I thought the red stuff was lava at first.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: And I'm thinking, well, why, how would you use a sander? But I guess it would just melt down on the st- metal. But we
1: find out later that's not the case. Right. But, yeah, I was like, he's asking for a sander? Like, really? <laughs> I don't know how that gets you clean. I was just like, couldn't couldn't a towel just do the same thing? But I don't know. Um, so then we have uh, Shipwreck and... Uh, we go back to Shipwreck and Snake Eyes. Uh, they find the, the chief engineer's office.
0: Uh, <laughs> With the enormous sign that says chief engineer's office.
1: Yes. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, hey, look." <laughs> uh they take some discs that show what Cobra's planning and uh then they the, have to, the laser discs Yeah, the laser discs. And they have to fight their way out and they get onto a rail cart. Uh which reminded me a lot of uh, like temple, a rail you know? cart from
0: the 1920s. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I'm like we'll see later like the Cobra soldiers all have these real high speed, you know, little train cars. I'm like, "Why did they jump in the one thing that you have to pump to pump, you know, to get it to move down the 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 track?"
1: So then uh, we have uh, Dusty back on the satellite, uh, figures out how to splice the communications so that they go uh, to the Joes by hooking up a device that reroutes communications. Again, much like earlier episodes, I don't know where Dusty got this device from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just had it.
0: Well, and then patched. and then Mutt's kind of making fun of him, too. Like, he's saying, hey, like, you, you might be able to fix a refrigerator. What makes you think you can do this? And right. So at least they were kind of saying... This probably won't work. It might. I don't really know what I'm doing. You know. Right. So I was like, well, at least they're acknowledging the fact that this is a little...
1: And that Dusty designed. might not know everything about communications or something like yeah. that. So yeah. He can fly a shuttle. He just can't.
0: <laughs> he can fly a space shuttle, but he can't splice wires. <laughs> uh,
1: then we get Airtight, Footloose, and Roadblock are sent out uh, to one area of the world, while Alpine and Bazooka are sent out to another. Um, and this... I think this is the moment when we see, like, Airtight and Footloose kind of talking with each other. uh, And we find out...
0: Footloose is, like, this way-laid-back surfer dude. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Airtight's like, "Mm,
1: I think I'll check my calculations. (laughs) (laughs) And then Roblox comes in and gives him a little rhyme. And
0: And then Roblox in charge. So this was another moment where you notice, like roadblocks given command duties, you know, so again we're looking at, you know, like rank and stuff, so you'd probably be at least a sergeant, you know, type rank at least that they're showing in the cartoon yeah
1: Um, also when it came to the rail cart, I think yeah, this actually happened in this episode Uh, so, back at the Cobra Tunnel, Shipwreck and Snake Eyes are chased on the rails by the Cobra Troopers Uh, they're able to get away but they find themselves in the slums of extensive Enterprises, now before all this happened (laughs) We see one of the most (laughs) ridiculous moments ever in G.I. Joe history, which is timber pumping the rail cart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the most ridiculous thing until, like, the next couple episodes. Exactly. But basically... (laughs) 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 But, yeah, I mean, these animals, like, to just come across this wolf in the woods, and then to be able to train him to do all the things that he does, (laughs) like, steak Eyes is amazing. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the other, the cobra we're following them on these like uh you know snake headed little cobra rails yep. and they're on jetpacks. the way that they're lined up on this thing like they're just in a single file row holding each other's hips oh yeah like their hands are firmly on the hips of the man in front of them they're like come <laughs> on let's go get them let's go get them so then they're chasing them down and then you know starting to shoot rifles and they've got jet packs on and Of course, you got Timber and Polly like pumping the
1: right the the rail car up for. Well, my favorite thing with the with Timber pumping the rail car too is that Shipwreck turns to Timber and says, "Timber, take over for me," (laughs) (laughs) because Timber knows what that means.
0: He's like, "All right."
1: (laughs) Um, And then also, I don't know if you guys caught this, but then when they're coming up to the blockade, all of a sudden they had rifles. Uh, yes. and... Yes, they had Joe issue rifles. Joe issue rifles <laughs> that mysteriously <laughs> then disappeared when they showed up in the extensive enterprises. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So uh, and then uh the episode ends with uh, Flint and Lady J uh, try to get uh attack Destro from some from some high ground, but they're shot. Uh, Destro turns around, shoots the uh, cliff that they're kind of on, and they actually get swallowed up by the red goop goopy lake, and uh, yeah. We we see them as if they're about to drown. So.
0: Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty ridiculous. Like it it was funny. You mentioned that you thought uh, (laughs) Bazooka sounded a lot like uh, Grimlock from the Dinobots. Oh yeah. yeah. And then I thought that the monster, like the um, the Fatal Fluffies in their big monster mode too. I think they're like, you know, just the way they their voices and stuff sounded a lot like the the
1: Dinobots. Absolutely. Um, And I did make a note when it came to this episode that, uh, the city of the dead actually does not take place at all in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Well, and then maybe they, couldn't,
2: got, oh, maybe they couldn't get devil's playground through the, uh,
1: through the, uh, sensors. sensors. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, anything else you wanted to say about this? You guys wanted to say about this episode before we move on to the next one? I got two things. Okay. this is another through line that I,
2: As a kid, I never picked up, but now you know, watching with a different eye and with a different ear, have you noticed how many Star Wars sound effects they use in the show? Yes,
0: Yes. especially like for a jet plane or something like that. It It sounds sounds like hear X
2: wings and Tie fighters. It's astounding. Like I never picked it up as a kid, and now I'm just every time I hear it, I want to, I, I get excited. I just, I think that's really interesting. And then you, I can't believe Ryan, you didn't talk about the fact that. Admiral Ledger, the sexist jerk that he is, you know, once once Dusty gets that signal back to the, to Earth, that uh, what's going on, and they figure out, you know, what are we going to do? What does he say? I don't. even He remember. pumps his fist and says,
0: "Retaliate." <laughs> oh, I know. Well, like uh, roadblock. That was my. That, was my favorite that was part, part of that was part of uh, Roadblock's rhyme. He said, "I forget the whole rhyme," but he says something about retaliation. Yes. And then and then the admiral's like, "Hold on, crew." roadblock said retaliation yes so we're gonna retaliate yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah and i was and i remember actually uh, now that you mentioned that john i remember watching it and going i wonder if that's where they got the name of this movie
0: because they say retaliation like five or six times in a matter of minutes <laughs> yep
1: Um, Yeah, uh, I'd like to say that the whole idea for the name of Star Joes came from these cartoons because of hearing the Star Wars (laughs) sounds and everything else, but uh, we weren't that clever. But, yeah, I did notice all those sound effects. Uh, I was like, wow, that sounds just like a TIE fighter. Wow, that sounds like a door opening, like a shield blast door opening or something like that. Yeah,
0: there's a bunch of little ones all throughout.
1: Yep.
2: G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in.
1: To Cybertron.
2: Thank you, Soundwave. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. Also, a few supplemental episodes in an interview with Stan Bush. So check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transforming. Roll out.
0: Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on geekcastradio.com.
1: Now, back to G.I. Joe. All right, so then we go into uh, part three of the Pyramid Darkness, which is simply just called the Three Cubes to Darkness. <laughs> Because they uh-huh. just ran out of names, like
0: They had already used the the temple or the city of the dead. And are right. like, oh, crap, we should have saved that one for this <laughs> this episode.
1: So uh, then we have, uh, in this one, we have Flint and Lady J sink into the Red Lake. Uh, Lady J uses a specialized javelin that creates an air bubble around her and Flint and propels them <laughs> back to the surface.
0: Okay, when she makes this air bubble, wouldn't it just capture all of the pink
1: goo? Yes
0: that's surrounding them and just they would still drown like they would how does this expel any of that crap that's around them
1: like i could see if it like put the bubble around them and then there was like a pump that pumped all yeah the like stuff drained out it of, out or... right but uh no nope. no no
0: <laughs> the one cool thing about it though was it, it gave them like a character moment where you really start to see you know their relationship a little more yeah and, and there yeah. was before this there was just a few like one-off lines but this is where they're like He's like, uh sorry about the close quarters. And she's like, I don't mind. Right. So it, like you really start seeing that oh, okay, they are an item, you know, yeah. they're together. Exactly. And it's from the very, you know, very beginning.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um they and I also liked with this this javelin that she has, and then it also has the propulsion to push them back up to the surface. <laughs> yep. It's a very handy javelin to make sure you have in your in your quiver yeah. or whatever you would call Anytime
0: it. Anytime you're drowning in pink goo. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, they try uh, when they get back to the surface. They try to attack the cube, but the, uh, these doctor octopus-like tentacles come out and uh, actually capture them. So this is one time when Flint gets captured. So
0: <laughs> that's true. So Duke four, Flint one. <laughs>
1: We'll, we'll keep a tally. Yes. <laughs> so, to be fair, to all those, Duke, right, exactly. all those Duke lovers out there, we'll keep a tally of how many times Flint gets captured also. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did not get captured in the previous episodes that we've already covered.
0: No, not yet. No, so. no he's been doing all the hard work while right. Duke is sitting in a cell somewhere. <laughs> like, I don't know why I ever thought Duke was in charge. <laughs> what was I thinking?
1: So, um... While all that is happening, uh, shipwreck and Snake Eyes are followed by Colonel Slash into a nightclub, uh, <laughs> and uh, they're actually rescued from being captured by uh, the singer Satin, who hides them away,
0: and again uses the excuse, uh, you know, about her number one fan being Cobra Commander, and it. Yes. freaks them out and then they leave yeah
1: yeah and uh i actually one of the things i noticed with it was when i heard her singing i was like wow that's actually not a bad song that she's singing.
0: i know when she first starts i'm like wait was this an actual 80s song and then she's like then destro will get you and you're like what this was written just for the show and it's like terrible the
1: whole scene too reminded me a lot of uh the opening scene of temple of doom where like
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: the yeah, the dancing girl snake gear is
2: awesome. Oh yes. Yeah. Those those oh those, those well, head
0: even gear the they have. the music in the background seemed really familiar. It's like the denant 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 I'm like man, I'm just jamming out, like, listen to this. I also
1: also liked how Colonel Slash uh, didn't want to go after them until the music had stopped.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he wanted to see the show. He's like, hey, Dancing Girls.
1: Now, here is the, uh, we thought Timber was ridiculous. Now we get into the next most ridiculous moment ever, which is breakdancing Snake Eyes.
0: (laughs) No. Okay, so at first start, they're like, quick, we've got to be inconspicuous because there's people coming to get us. Let's jump on the stage and join the chorus line. So you've got this yes. chorus line of girls and weird snake armor helmets, and then satin shipwreck and Snake Eyes on the end starts doing the chorus girl, yes. dan- you know, kicks. Well, if you notice right at the beginning, Snake Eyes is terrible at this. <laughs> like, everybody else is exactly in line, and Snake Eyes is just like got two left feet. Yep. Uh, like I can't kick. He's a ninja. <laughs> he can't do chorus girl kicks. So then it cuts back, and that's where you know Sergeant Slash is like. All right, we'll get him after the music's done, whatever he says. Yeah. And then and then uh, Shipwreck is like, come on, show him what you got. So, <laughs> so the guy breaks off from a chorus girl kick line and just starts breakdancing. Yes. Yeah. And you get this really awesome over the head shot, like you're just looking down on the scene, and he's just totally b boying it, you know, just breaking it out, oh, spinning yeah. it on his back. <laughs> I want to get that as a GIF and then make that my <laughs> avatar on the forum. <laughs> it's got to be out there sorry. i'm
1: sure it's out there absolutely <laughs> um then to get them uh out of there uh because there's like a whole chase Wait,
0: at that point though at that point don't they cut to another scene um i don't remember because i remember they, like, they cut to a different scene maybe some other group they come back and he's still breakdancing. yeah i'm like how long <laughs> was he break because <laughs> something else happened like all through that time yeah
1: i think with this one uh for the the description of the episode, I think I kind of chunked some of the stuff that was all yeah, happening. Together, yeah. Uh, trying to, yeah. Trying to make it a little bit more cohesive, <laughs>
0: <laughs> more cohesive than the actual episode. <laughs>
1: right. Um, she does give them some disguises to put on, uh, which we don't see what those disguises are till the next episode, I believe.
0: Yeah. Cause he tells, uh, well, she just kind of throws some clothes at him. He's like, how are we going to get out of here? And they're getting her van or something. Yeah. Uh, or they're going to. And then, uh, shipwreck says snake eyes got to wear the dress.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh at the City of the Dead, uh Tomax and Zama lead uh the cube to its location. They're followed by Airtight, Footloose and Roadblock. Uh the Joes accidentally trigger the traps to the temple, uh which I don't know how they triggered them and the giant cube didn't trigger. Uh, <laughs> going over.
0: Yeah, that's true. I never even thought about that. Like I mean Tomax and Zama are like, "We'll wait for the Joes to trigger that." Yeah. Like weren't they there already and
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I could see Tomax and might not stepping on the traps, but this is the giant cube with huge treads going over
0: this. St- yeah, somebody would have done it.
1: And uh, stone statues uh, come to life and attack both the Joes and the Cobras.
0: And I remember those looked really cool.
1: Yeah, they were really cool. And I remember the ones uh, being, like, really creepy, the ones that had, like, the lightsabers yeah <laughs> had like they were like skeletons with these like
0: skeletons with lightsabers,
1: <laughs> yeah and they, the what was creepy about them is they had this like haunting screech that they did as they were attacking, and I'm like it like even a, it unnerved me even a little bit now watching it. I was like that's like that's just a haunting sound, I don't know,
0: yeah, I remember those creeped me out for sure,
1: yeah, Zaymon is able to actually ignite the cube, and the Joes are actually able to capture tomax. And I had to go back and actually figure out which one they had actually captured and which one they.
0: Yeah, I can never keep them straight. <laughs> Even with the scar, I got—I never know. Yeah.
1: Who's well, I know if I can see the scar, I know which one's which. But then, like going back and typing all this up, I was like, "Wait, which one was it that got captured? Which one was it?" That... <laughs> so. Uh, so while all that is going on, Alpine and Bazooka lead some Joes to a mountain uh, to stop Major Blood from placing his cube. Uh, Alpine and Bazooka get caught in avalanche, but they're able to dig themselves out, only to face off against Storm Shadow and some snow serpents. Uh, wow. Okay, well, Alpine doesn't get caught in an avalanche. <laughs> he causes one. He
0: causes the avalanche with his yodeling. <laughs> He's all like, yodel, yodel, yodel. And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, at the end, I'm like, what? Soulful yodeling?
1: that's yodeling yes and and i actually made it a point to say that uh evidently he shares some genes with black canary from dc
0: comics (laughs) it just blew up the mountain it's yodeling just like makes earth move it's crazy and then and then earlier too in that scene with like a roadblock before with roadblock and airtight Mm -hmm. i noticed that roadblock calls airtight he just calls them tight for short okay and I and I know um, it's been funny because in the IDW books, like Chuck Dixon will write that in a lot, and he's gotten a lot of flack for like why why are you why are you shortening the names like they're like nicknames of code names,
1: you know? what yeah, I Yeah, mean? yeah.
0: And uh, but then there's a couple times where that happens in the series. So here, where Roblox calls airtight tight, but then there's another time that mutt calls junkyard he just calls him junk junk yeah he's like hey junk and i'm like man i would really hate for junk to be my nickname <laughs> like even if i was a dog i wouldn't want to be known by junk junk
1: i don't know it we discovered a to... interesting nickname for you recently uh from your mr rogers story
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Is <it> sock donkey, <laughs> sock donkey. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um and an amazing thing happens going back to the episode. <laughs> um, an amazing thing happens in Change this episode. Real quick. Also, uh, with this whole winter scene is Tollbooth shows up and actually yes! he <laughs> actually has lines. <laughs> my
0: gosh, dude, Tollbooth. Oh my gosh, the Bridge Layer was one of my absolute next to the Sky Striker because the Sky Striker was just shown so much and it's really sure. cool. I was really into Jets, but my very next favorite vehicle was the bridge layer and i have no idea why <laughs>
1: i was actually telling chuck i didn't realize how important the bridge layer was in these cartoons until this i'm is... watching these episodes and i'm seeing it showing up in every episode <laughs> i was like
0: man what use would you have for bridge layer apparently lots and lots of uses i mean every time there's a gap yeah. of anything between like mountain to mountain or like over a river anytime yeah. so like Man, I really wish we would have brought a toll booth. And he's like in the background, hey, guys, I'm here. Like, oh, fantastic, toll booth came. Like, we would so be screwed if you didn't jump on the plane with us with your bridge layer. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the only purpose it serves. There's no no other weapons. All it does is put the bridge out. So you got to be thinking, we're hauling this bridge layer out just hoping. Yeah. There is an actual reason. Maybe there's
1: going to be a need for it, right? Exactly. Yeah, but
0: I think maybe there was just so many times they used it in this first miniseries that, like, we should just bring it every time.
1: Yep. And, never know. and sadly they don't give at least in the episodes coming up uh in the future, they even when they bring the bridge layer, they don't give Tollbooth any lines.
0: No, he never talks again. Like I wonder who voiced him because they're like, Oh, okay, if you can just use his voice, he'll never get any more lines. Just do it this one time. And <laughs> we'll
1: be set. I'll see if I can do some research for you for next time. Find yeah, out. Yeah, I
0: wonder who the I wonder who voiced him. I was I'm not, I didn't I didn't know.
1: Yeah, now I'll, I'll look it up for uh for one of our future episodes. <laughs> um, so we have uh they said Alpine and Bazooka are actually set adrift on a sheet of ice and are attacked by some seals and then that's how the episode ends with this giant seal mouth coming towards the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I noted. I said, I understand that. Seals can attack, and I understand they could be deadly, but I never just noticed them, like, just, like, purposely attacking someone. It's usually because they're, like, threatened or something like that.
0: And these are rabid sea lions. <laughs> like, you got to watch out for these. Um, no, it, it was interesting, too, because, um, and, of course, I'm always looking at this from the perspective of, like, say, the work I've done with the comics and then, sure. you know, seeing the parallels. And I thought it was interesting that Alpine, so uh, Bazooka's Hurt, and he throws Alpine on his back, right? Yep. He says, this is the Alpine taxi service, and he throws Bazooka on his back. Well, in and, and, and one of the Snake Eyes comics I drew, it was Alpine who was hurt. Yep. And Iceberg threw him on his back and then skied down a mountain.
1: Yep. I actually Uh, did think about that because I was—I actually one of the thoughts I had while I was watching the episode was that four issues that you had done at the (laughs) Union Snake Eyes, and I was like, "Is Alpine gonna lose his legs?" (laughs) I know, I know exactly. Watch,
0: let's see Alpine chomp chomp. (laughs) Um,
1: One of the things, uh, one of the. I mean, obviously, with these cartoons, uh, both with G.I. Joe, Transformers, and a lot of the cartoons that came at this time, there was, there's a lot of errors, animation errors that happened and stuff like that. But one of the ones that kind of stuck out to me in this episode that I just really noticed was that when they showed Lady J, um, captured by the tentacles, they showed her up close, and the whole time she was wearing her, just her regular green uniform. Mm-hmm. And when they show the up close, she's actually wearing her winter parka. <laughs> coat and everything else and then they pan back and she's all green again i was like yeah there's a little bit of a mistake there
2: <laughs> yeah i, I, I picked up that. two of those kind of production things in on this one uh, early on it's snake club and then when they get there it's the snake cafe Ah. Oh. Yeah. and then satin when she goes backstage the door says satn
0: okay Oh, so they forgot the letter.
2: Yeah, so she could be satin or Satan or. or like,
1: <laughs> uh, hmm, Satan? You know?
2: And then, you know, something I. You know, one of those things, I, I don't know about you guys, but something I've picked up, again, with this older view is that there are a ton of green shirts in this miniseries. Oh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, loads. but what
2: happens to the poor guys that were in the city of the dead? Nobody ever gets <laughs> killed on this show. But those, those stone scary guys grab them and cover their mouths and, and pull them off, disappear. and we don't know what happened to those. No, and cars.
0: then it's just like roadblock, and uh, or is that is that the team? It was roadblock and air Yes, and yeah. They're the only ones who come out.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I guess if you don't see the death, it's okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's implied.
1: Um. Anything else with this episode before we move on to the next one? No, I don't think so. All right. So now we have uh, Pyramid of Darkness Part 4, which is the chaos in the sea of lost souls. So they went back to some more dramatic titles.
0: Yeah, really dramatic.
2: <laughs> and, if you, and if you watch it, it's Coaz.
1: Oh, yes. That's right. You
2: did point that out.
1: <laughs> they did screw that up. Um, for the
2: record, this is the best episode of the bunch.
1: Yes, one w- of
2: the scenes we get in a few minutes. I
1: will, I yeah, this was this was actually the episode I believe that was my favorite out of all of them. So I will I will go on record as saying part for
0: before. the pyra- for the pyramid of, pyramid darkness. of darkness, yes, yes. The pyramid
1: of darkness, yeah, yeah, not out of all of them. <laughs> but for the I was pyramid-
0: like seriously, man, you're setting your standards <laughs> really
1: low. No, no, but for the pyramid of darkness, this was my favorite episode. So, um, Alpine and Bazooka try to rock the seals off the ice raft. Uh, but they have little effect. Then, out of nowhere, some nunchucks fly in and hit the seals, <laughs> scaring them away. Uh, we see they came from Quick Kick, uh, who is in bare feet and no jacket,
0: <laughs> no shirt,
1: in the snow. <laughs> uh, Quick Kick takes on the Crimson Guardsman and Stormshell which is one of the coolest scenes. And I'm sure this is what you're. I think this is what you're talking about, John. Nope, not even close. Oh, really? See, I was really <laughs> impressed with this scene of Robert knows where I'm going to say is the greatest scene. Okay. Of this
0: one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that comes a little later. Yes,
1: <laughs> that little gem of G.I. Joe history. I think I know what you're talking about now. But as far as really cool moments, I thought it was really. <laughs> I thought it was really cool to see Quick Kick was really on par with Storm Shadow.
0: Well okay, see all right. Now it <laughs> I, what it does is it establishes Quick Kick as a really good martial artist, right? So he drops down and uh Storm Shadow kind of sicks these, you know, guards on him. And he takes him out like real nonchalantly. So are like, "Oh, okay." So then he does this fight with Storm Shadow. And it's a pretty it's a cool fight, you know. Yeah. Um they show how Storm Shadow is obviously way better than the guards, you know, and uh Quick Kick's holding his own but but storm shadow gets some shots in too right he's all it's like a a good back and forth fight um and then uh storm shadow throws out his throwing stars Yep. and then it was a really cool moment because quick kick pulls out the three that are on his bandolier and i love it when they show the characters use you know what's on them yeah you know it's in their pouches or what's whatever's on what their spell specialty is so he throws them teaching they all knock each other out of the air then they do this flying kick at each other kind of samurai style, right? One's yep. flying one direction, then one's flying the other direction. You don't see the actual contact. They both land, and then Storm Shadow's knocked out. Yep. And I'm like, uh <laughs> Like, Quick Kick, he's cool. And I remember as a kid thinking he was
1: cool. Yeah.
0: But Storm Shadow, come on! <laughs> like, he can't beat Spirit. He can't beat Quick Kick. And he hasn't even fought Snake Eyes yet.
1: The, the, best, the best part, too, um, that I liked about this was that Quick Kick took out three throwing stars with one yeah, and but at least he didn't have to use a bald eagle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So automatically, quick kick is on a level higher than spirit,
1: right? <laughs> but
0: you would you would think so, but
1: right. So uh, he meets up with uh, Alpine and Bazooka, and he introduces himself as a stunt man that was on location for a commercial for Fudgies.
0: This is terrible.
1: <laughs> Until the director <laughs> ran off this with so- everything. <laughs> Uh after the cube is activated by Major Blood, the three of them decide to stow away under a hiss tank. Which Where, where then
0: Bazooka's like Fudgy <laughs> And you're like, What is this like?
1: It's like Tourette's, I don't know. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like, it's like some weird like Down syndrome Tourette's. Like you just you have no idea what the guy's gonna say or what comes out of his mouth. And then Alpine's like, What? But quick 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 kick automatically He's like, Oh yeah. Fudgies, the thing I was promoting in my commercial. Yeah, here you go.
1: Um, the thing I loved about it, too, is they were they initially hid from the hiss tank by jumping into the snow. And again, I'm thinking about Quick Hicks, like, <laughs> coverage.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. He doesn't say anything about it.
1: He just dives right into the snow, no problem. He only
0: has pants on. <laughs> right. Okay, he, This guy is next to naked. Right. And he's, like, surround. He's One, he's in the Arctic anyway. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So surrounded with snow. The his tank drives past him, and they're lucky that his tank wasn't a foot over to the left. (laughs) Or they would have just been squashed.
1: Right. It drives
0: past, and they hop out like nothing.
1: So then we have uh, back on the aircraft carrier, Tomax makes an attempt to escape, but it was all just a ruse to have the Joes get physical with him uh, so that his brother could sense where he was.
0: And this is where he falls, like his brother falls down in the Coburg Center. And Cobra Commander's like, what's wrong with that guy? (laughs) And then Destro actually knows. He goes, oh, he shares a psychic link with his brother. And Cobra's like, who are we hiring? This is like the most retarded power.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Zaymot leaves to find and rescue his brother and uh, making Cobra Commander promise not to activate the Pyramid of Darkness until he does. Uh, After he leaves the room, of course, Cobra Commander orders Destro and the Baroness to go place the last cube and activate it immediately. So stabbing, stabbing him in the back.
0: It was it was interesting that too, um, in these kind of last couple of scenes, like Destro has started interacting with Cobra Commander differently than the first two miniseries. Yeah. If you remember, they're like bickering, calling each other names. Yeah. This one, he he's like, "Oh, bl- beloved Cobra Commander."
1: <laughs> yes. <or, "Bios laughs> Destro and Commander. beloved Commander. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. They're, I'm like, they're on like, they must have worked it out. Maybe they had some you know canceling or.
1: The thing I found interesting <laughs> too with going back to the Tomax and Zama thing was when I think it was I think it was. uh. Flint, or somebody that was like struggling to put uh, Tomax's hands together and Zaymot, like his hands start going together and I was like, well, they're not that much in sync where like if one person's right arm moves up, the other person's right arm moves up. Yeah.
0: How could they do anything? Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's just like in moments of trauma, like yeah. here,
1: I'm trying to explain it. Like it could really happen. Right.
0: You know what I mean? Like, I think like I have to make sense in my mind or this is going to hurt. I know? believe
1: like, doctors have distinguished that. as. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we have uh, to help in escaping uh, from the Cobra slums. Uh, Satin drives her van to a guard depot. Uh, the entertainers are ordered to come out, but it's just a group of of Joes and pets who use the distraction of their performance to get the upper hand on the Cobra troopers. Greatest scene
0: ever! <laughs> oh my gosh! So first, first Satin comes out and she's like, "Hey, we're entertainers. We're going to go entertain for Cobra Commander and Destro." And again, you know, using that excuse. And then they're like, "Well, you got to come out. We got to know." All right. All right, Shipwreck comes out with, like, the most annoying kind of rhyme, like, weird rap I've ever heard. And it's, like, he's got, like, this weird kind of Jufro going on, and he's got, like, this jacket and a, and a saxophone. Right. Then, then he starts playing the saxophone, and he's good. Yeah. Like, he's pretty good at it. And then Snake Eyes comes out.
1: Like, like Boy George.
0: Like Boy George. He's got, like, <laughs> this dress on and this weird long hair off the side with his mask still on. Okay. And this weird kind of funky hat. And then oh my gosh, then the bird comes out, he has got sunglasses on, Polly. My favorite was the,
1: my favorite was the fact that the bird had to have a disguise.
0: Right. He's like, Oh, wait, you've never seen me before. <laughs> so then Timber comes out with a weird jacket yes. and a rat's tail or something. <laughs> yes. What
1: was that? On his hind legs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't under that was weird. So then they're all just dancing and then part of the song she's singing uh just
1: I'm going to retract what I said before. I'm going to say episode three was my favorite one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what just happened? Like, I took drugs and then watched this part of G.I. Joe. Yeah. It makes no sense. So, uh, anything? But so they get away. No, so then they punch all those four or five guys, yeah. right? Yeah. Knock them out. Jump back in the truck. And then they've still got to get through the barricade. Yep. What did they just drive through? Like, why didn't they just do that?
1: And this is where we find out that Satin's van has a little it's secret. Armored. It's armored. <laughs> yes.
0: Why? <laughs> you know, when you entertain for Cobra, you got to be prepared.
1: Right. And they just bash right through a brick wall and That's escape. Um, <laughs> shipwreck then says to Satin that she should come with them, but she says she must continue on her own. Uh, we find out that uh, Cobra had her father uh, take the fall for a crime that he didn't commit, and I was thinking total A team right there. Yeah, or like uh, G.I. Joe Renegades. Yes, exactly. Uh, so she said maybe their paths will cross again. And if you notice, as she's telling him this and Shipwreck's talking with her, she's driving off and <laughs> Shipwreck is keeping up with her.
0: <laughs> He's running right alongside this van Like, Shipwreck is like an Olympic sprinter or something. You know, because she doesn't seem like she's slowing down. No. Like, you see the background pass by. She's going 30 miles an hour at least. Yes. And Shipwreck's like... <sighs> Hey, so, uh, you know, just like, you want to go out on a date sometime? You know, he's like trying to carry a conversation with her and she's just talking out the window. Yep. She's like, man, I wonder how long this guy's going to keep running alongside the van before he gets the point.
1: <laughs> she's he tapped like, into me. the speed force. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we back at the aircraft carrier, Admiral Ledger, uh, takes the Joes to the Sea of Lost Souls, which is a ship, uh, graveyard area. Uh, Cobra's already there and battle commences, uh, between them. Uh, Lady J goes after Destro underwater. Uh, but it's unable to stop him from activating the cube, which finalizes the Pyramid of Darkness. And um, they needed to really rethink the name of this device that Destro sends after Lady J, because wasn't it, like...
0: Uh, It was called the Robotopus.
1: Robotopus, yes. (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) Mars Industries would not be able to market that (laughs) particular product.
1: Robotopus.
0: Robotopus. (laughs) Robotopus. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much all that needs to be said.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> so uh, while this is all going on, Zaymot sneaks on board the aircraft carrier to free his brother, and he uses something I think was called the Starflies. Starflies! Like, he opens up
0: this box, and, like, these weird neon-colored butterflies fly out.
1: And my favorite like, is the guard's reactions to them, which is just like,
0: Oh, look at the butterflies! Look, butterflies! <laughs> and, and then they jump out and punch him. I'm like guys just jump out and punch them. <laughs> like why do you need these we- I, like what was that well, they like, turned into strange-
1: uh they actually turned into like some type of knockout gas uh,
0: oh no it that's true. Me of, yeah yeah
2: i almost thought of Firefly's little
1: yeah. fly bombs yeah, yeah
2: that's kind of what i thought of when he unle- unleashed them like that
0: yeah like, yeah it was just not like, a strange non-sequitur thing to use like yeah. it's weird
1: yeah so uh once that's all done they send up a flare uh that evidently the Dreadnoughts can see from space um.
0: Yeah, it's an intense flare.
1: <laughs> and uh like a
0: nuclear flare.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in the satellite, uh it lets the dreadnoughts know that uh to take over the satellite from Zartan. So uh here this was all planned out already uh by the Crimson Twins.
0: Which I did like this moment yeah. because it really shows the Dreadnought's character. I'm like, dang, they just totally flipped flip it on Zartan and he's yep. their leader, you know.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um so. they are mercenary. Absolutely.
0: I was also surprised that it took so long to complete the Pyramid of Darkness. Like, this has been the Pyramid of Darkness miniseries, (laughs) and we're like three quarters of the way through the fourth episode.
1: And now we get it.
0: (laughs) And now we get the Pyramid of Darkness, and it only takes them an episode and a quarter to defeat him.
1: Right. So the whole world goes dark uh, with no power. Flint and Lady J make it back to the aircraft carrier by using a hang glider uh and, <laughs> that he or, happened
0: uh, to have like right next to his his seat in the, yes.
1: uh, in just, the helicopter he just unfolded it like origami and
0: <laughs> yeah he's like boop, 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 and there's like this huge hang glider you're like but well, the other thing was um they showed different areas of the world as the pyramid of darkness covered them and yeah. everything came to a stop what i loved was that they went back to russia and showed that russia had actually built back their army yes <laughs> and i <laughs> <But> the troops <laughs> keep the troops stopped too <laughs> the troops are there, and the trucks stop moving, and all the troops stop moving. Like, these are the worst troops <laughs> in the world. Like, we've clearly established that Russia sucks in the 80s.
1: Right. right. They they were already <laughs> captured once and exactly. gave up, and in now, shame. now you they got have... back.
0: You gathered them all back in Red Square for a big parade.
1: And then the power goes out, and they just say,
0: We surrender.
2: <laughs> like, the they weren't even attacked of- yet. The power goes out everywhere except where Satin's van is because she keeps driving.
1: Yeah,
0: well, it's it does only—it only does only cover half the world. <laughs> 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 and, and if Russia is affected, you know, you got to imagine right. wherever they're at in Cobra Land.
1: Right. Exactly. Then we have another ridiculous moment, which is they decide to use. Uh, giant sheets or, or sails from the other ships that were there uh, to allow the aircraft carrier to uh, keep moving.
0: Uh, there is no amount of sail
1: <laughs> that would move this, like... No. You Maybe it's made out of the netting
2: that caught the space shuttle. Right, there
1: you go. <laughs> but I'm thinking of the amount of sails that you would need and the amount of wind that would have to be behind yeah, those sails.
0: To, to push that gigantic you know, aircraft carrier, whatever.
1: Um, so then the Crimson Twins reveal their power move to Cobra Commander to take over, and Alpine Bazooka and Quick Kick steal a Cobra plane to try to escape the area. While in the air, there were some Cobra Troopers already on the, on the plane, and they attack them. A fight breaks out, Bazooka's pushed into the control panel, and they do, like, a power dive in uh, heading towards the ground.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Quick Kick, he's like, what's the cargo on this plane? And there's, like, is this in this episode or the next one? But he's all like, hey, Qu- Quick Kick says, hey, those are Trouble Bubbles.
1: Yeah. That's next episode. That's the next episode. We do see them in this episode. You do, we do see yeah, them you on see
0: the episode. Yeah, but I'm like, how did he know what those were called? <laughs>
2: right. And How could he fly the Cobra plane? We talk about the Joes being able to fly everything. This guy's not even a Joe yet.
1: Yeah. yeah he's flying
2: the Cobra plane? Right. Well, did Bazooka magically get healed between... Yeah,
0: he's not limping anymore. To, like he's he's with running
2: with the rest of them. And
0: <laughs> he was on the Alpine taxi before, and he must have, like...
1: <laughs> exactly. I don't know. All right, so then we get into part five, which is uh, nodding Cobra's coils. And uh, so we have Bazooka regains control of the plane. So this this huge cliffhanger and Bazookas they just end up pulling back up. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it yeah, it's another one
0: of those like terrible cliffhangers, and it's solved in the next two seconds <laughs> right. or the next <laughs> the next episode.
1: But then the plane is shot by a, a helicopter flown by Cobra. So this is where Bazooka, Alpine, and Quick Kick realize right. that there's trouble bubbles, and they use those to escape to get over to the helicopter. Which is, I don't understand why they needed to get to the helicopter. You have trouble bubbles. Yeah. Can't you just take them the rest of the way?
0: Exactly. I maybe they weren't gassed up. Who
1: knows? But yeah.
0: Like this whole episode, too, kind of we'll see in a minute. Like it's just one kind of crazy entrance yes. after another. Yes.
1: Like, yep. Speaking of crazy entrances, <laughs> back <laughs> at Joe base, Shipwreck and Snake Eyes return to the base <laughs> riding cows.
0: <laughs> like you hear like they're all in this command center and you hear this like clang, 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 you know, like the <laughs> cowbell. Like, what's that? They all go to the door. The door opens up. And shipwreck sitting on a cow comes moseying in with like, and Snake Eyes is riding a cow. Why are they riding cows? <laughs> and they even talk about it. They say, "Uh, I like, couldn't you find something else?" And he's like, "All well, we could find were these cows."
1: I don't know if you've been around cows, but I can walk faster than a cow can.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys, just walk it in. Seriously, like you're so lazy. And they have important information, but it's not that important. We'll ride a cow.
1: Right. And
0: so, then of course, once he comes in, then shipwreck is like goes to the chair cuz he's ready to take a take a break and he's like do us a favor wild bill milk our ponies and bring us a glass <laughs> i was like what <laughs> milk our ponies and bring us a glass how, how, and then wild bill goes to do it how about if we address why you guys showed up <laughs> i know exactly he's, he's just ready to put his feet up and i'm like that's a, one of the most bizarre lines i've heard shipwreck say yes
2: and how did they how did they fix the base so quickly
0: yeah they're in the pit
2: they're I in the know. same they're in HQ, which in the you know three hours ago was decimated, and they were think, they were on the temporary boat, and everybody was crying and upset. And now here they come in, and the Cal Calvary comes riding right
1: in like nothing ever happened. I think what they did is they hired the same contractors that build all the Cobra bases because yeah,
0: all the Cobra bases and all the Cobra weapons because like, they you, get built in five
1: minutes. Yeah. They get built really fast and there's all, there's tons of them all over the world.
0: <laughs> I would say, or they put all those green shirts to work. Like, right. All right, guys, you're not doing <laughs> anything else.
1: So now we have, uh, back on the satellite, uh, junkyard actually snags the whistle that controls the fatal fluffies from torch.
0: <laughs> this is when he called and He's like, good boy junk. I'm like, Oh, that's terrible.
1: And the fatal fluffies are reverted back to their little mogwai state. Uh, and the Joes take control of the satellite and restore uh, restore power. So back at the base, the Joes use that time to actually discover how the cubes work and what you know how to take them out, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cobra Commander takes uh, control again from the Crimson Twins because obviously.
0: Yeah, and this is when he did. You recognize this too? Where he calls them you twin twats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Oh. That's, that would not fly. That's borderline, in right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dang, he really calls him out. And then, of course, he turns on the video screen, and, and Destro and Baroness are making, making out. out.
1: <laughs> I was like, that's some pretty intense making out that they were doing, too. <laughs> so uh,
0: manager's is just mad that he's not getting any.
1: Yes, exactly. So uh, he tells him tells Destro to set up a temporary pyramid peak. Uh, which I don't know where this was located, but it had to be really high up, and
0: yeah, <laughs> obviously Mount Everest or something right. like that, you know, to for it to be high enough,
2: and it so, really had to be close to the ocean where Destro
1: was. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
2: so uh, <laughs> he's there in five minutes.
1: So then we have a uh, Alpine Bazooka and uh, Quick Kicks helicopter crash lands because Destro gets up the temporary pyramid of darkness. Right. And they crash land back at the Joe base, and they reveal that they know where Cobra's base is because they had been there before.
0: Well, and that's like, this was such a better entrance than Shipwreck's entrance. Yes. Like, it's like this huge action. The helicopter busts through the base that they apparently just rebuilt. Right. So you know somebody's in the back corner like, oh, son of a... You know, because he just <laughs> crashed in the roof. And then they climb out of this helicopter, and this was like... Uh, I don't know why I thought Quick Kick was so cool as a kid, because he is incredibly annoying. <laughs> and they, he's like, he's trying to tell him the story. He's like, so what happened? He goes, Let me tell you real fast. And so he tells, he goes, and he's like speaking super quick and he's like, then we found the Cobra base. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa rewind. And, and goes, then Quick is like, and I'm like, oh, dude, I would punch that guy right then. Like, Quick Kick, you're off the team. I don't know who you are. Like, nobody here knows Quick Kick.
1: Well, the best part, too, is that we've already established that Shipwreck becomes a Joe without any background (laughs) no training quick quick kick becomes a joe without any type of background check or anything like that so
0: like this guy's pretty manly he was in antarctica without any clothes on (laughs) right
1: (laughs) like ah you could be a joe um so then we have cobra commander uh or i'm sorry we have uh the power keeps going in and out which is it gives the joes a chance to get to the cobra base uh upon arriving there cobra uses a weapon called the cobra dragon uh, to attack the Joes with like these it's heat good, waves. Which is like a, cobra like, oh, a cobra head. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just a giant heads that shoots something out and they're like, Oh, we've got heat stroke. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just pass out. Like this was a moment where Roadblock, I think, was trying to rhyme, but he didn't get to it. He goes, Come on, guys, we got to fight because we gotta Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> And you're, like, <laughs> and you're like, you know, man, I was just waiting so much to see what he was gonna rhyme, but he, he didn't even get to it.
1: And I did like how Quick Kick Alpine and Bazooka were saved from the heat wave just by hiding underneath a truck.
0: <laughs> got under a truck. <laughs> nobody else is smart enough. Okay, realize this. Nobody else is smart enough. But who got under the truck? Bazooka. <laughs> Bazooka is under the truck. So I think Alpine must have just grabbed him and shoved him under the yeah. truck because Bazooka would have just been standing on the front line like he's broke. <laughs> Fudgies. Oh, <laughs> Fudgies. And then he knocks out.
1: Uh, so then we have Alpine uses his lo- yodeling once again over it's no a sense. speaker. And this oh, causes. Costs- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the Kool Aid man. So
0: <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> and you bust through the mountain.
1: So the rock slide uh takes out the Cobra Dragon because evidently really he can pinpoint exactly where he wants it to go. Yeah. Uh the Joes storm the base and uh press the self destruct button for the cubes 'cause
0: Yeah, but how do they find the self-destruct button?
1: <laughs> Polly comes to the rescue. Damn it, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh
0: And then so... what I love is that right at the end too, like a Destro. Is trying to fix the problem. And then B- Baroness is like talking to him. He's like, silence, woman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they just start part. bickering with each other. I know. Um, so Cobra Commander.
0: There's no way I would get away with that in my relationship. Oh, no. God, no. Like Destro is so the man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then we have uh, Cobra Commander escapes with the Crimson Twins and they launch in a rocket. Uh, but Shipwreck, Snake Eyes, and Satin, who just so happens to be at the right place at the right time, <laughs> lets <laughs> them in on the elevator. Uh They attack Cobra Commander and the twins, uh, satin smashes Cobra Commander's face into the control panel. Uh, Yeah,
0: she really, man, she was really angry.
1: Yep. And uh, the twins actually use, uh, the the Crimson Twins actually use a crowbar to get Cobra Commander's face off the control (laughs) panel. Because he says he's magnetized. Yeah, Yeah, he's like, I'm
0: magnetized to the control panel. I'm like, Like, take the mask off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Take it off your helmet, dude. You'll be fine.
1: Um, so then the the Joes and Satin escape using trouble bubbles because evidently anytime you're in trouble around Cobra, there's just trouble bubbles waiting for you. Yep. You
0: never know when you got to escape and retreat. I think uh, it's just it's Cobra Commander's you know plan.
1: Right, but somehow it always ends up helping the Joes. No, they always take them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the the twins do free Cobra Commander's helmet from the control panel and they escape in an escape pod just before the satellite. Uh, is used by the Joes to blow up the rocket. The whole rocket thing, too, just seemed like an extra thing that they really didn't need to put into this episode. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was all yeah. about. So uh, then we see Zartan and the Dreadnoughts escape from the satellite by using an escape pod and a garbage pod because Zartan <laughs> tricked the Dreadnoughts into the garbage chute.
2: But uh, Zartan has those awesome l- glove lasers, man. Yes. I don't think they ever showed up again. No, that you know? was it. was
1: so cool. Yeah, they yeah. were cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: Zartan, all throughout, he has weird powers that are never consistent.
1: <laughs> um, all of the main Cobra leaders sneak away in disguises on a subway, and they are bickering. <laughs> they're bickering over whose failure. Like
0: Destro has like a hard hat on, yeah. and you're like, that yep. guy looks normal.
1: He evidently goes to the same school of disguise as Snake Eyes does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No one will recognize me with this hard hat. Well, huh? you've
2: got you've got Cobra Commander like a homeless lady. Yeah, lady with a wig and a apron. So, Robert, uh, after Snake Eyes, Boy George, Snake Eyes commission. This will be my next one. <laughs> it's all the Crimson Twins in their suits? Cobra Commander's homeless lady Baroness is a nurse. Yes. Yeah, Destro, yeah, that's Destro that's is a, a cast off of the village people. It's
1: perfect. Okay. That needs to be made. Um, oh, no, we,
0: you could totally do the village people. Oh, yeah. You could get, like, Destro as the construction worker, and obviously Spirit just needs to show up.
1: Right, and Spirit <laughs> just needs to show up. <laughs> so, um, so then we, we have...
0: Get one of the dreadnoughts, be the, the biker guy. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. The... the <laughs> torch. Torch would be a good one for them.
0: Oh, yeah, Torch. He's got, yeah. he's got the vest already yeah. in the chains.
1: Yep. Um... So the adventure ends with a joke between Flint and Lady J about
0: oh, Wild Bill. Wild Bill would be the cowboy.
1: Yes, right? there you go. Yeah.
0: And then, so who's the police? Eye? All we need is the police. Eye. We could be oh. uh, Law and Order. Yeah. <laughs> <Law> and order. <laughs> That's it. I'm totally doing that.
1: <laughs> and have we doing the YMCA. <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: my gosh, that would be awesome. <laughs>
1: um. So yeah, they make a, uh, Flint and Lady J make a little joke about the Joe food at the commissary and uh, the the whole pyramid of darkness ends with that. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So after this, they get away from the multi-part five part, uh, story for a little while. Yeah. So but,
0: it, yeah, after this point, it's just single episodes that don't really have any kind of an overarching, you know, uh, big thing, which I think is, is a good thing. Um, and we'll see in the next you know the next show we do and the next episodes are just nice and condensed yeah. and some of them were really decent episodes that felt like almost a whole miniseries, but just in the 20 thirty minutes,
1: yeah exactly so
0: um yeah i thought I thought it kind of helped move things along a little better,
1: yeah, absolutely uh, well, let me go ahead and uh did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about pyramid of Darkness before we close up this episode? You may-
2: you asked earlier, Ryan, about which one, which of the miniseries, or maybe, Robert, maybe you asked, which, asked yeah. which is your favorite miniseries. And as I said, this is not it. This is probably,
0: <laughs> to me, this is probably the
2: weakest. Just because I, I felt like, you know, it, it was silly. I mean, it, let's face it, all this is kind of silly at yeah. the end of the day. But but this one particularly, that that last episode, it didn't feel like 30 minutes or 22 minutes. It felt like 45 or an hour because yeah. it just kept, like, more and more stories and, like, come on, yeah. guys, just.
1: Wrap it up now. Out of the five, out of the five parts of this, was there a particular episode that you enjoyed more than the other ones?
2: Absolutely, and that's that's the fourth one because okay. I get Boy George snake eyes, <laughs> and I get I get you know I get satin with an armored truck because I I think that's awesome and you know in context you know yeah. thirty years ago hilarious now you know maybe <laughs> if he's dressed up like Lady Gaga or something but uh, <laughs> but no I you know I think I. I you know i got into this a little later than when you guys had started but i watched, i went back and watched the first two mini series as well and you know maybe it's because of the first one you know, that's what i really remember maybe it's the maybe that's why i like that one the most of the mini series yeah yeah like i said this one uh nah.
1: yeah the I don't know. um yeah. i mean for me, out of all five parts of this miniseries, my favorite was episode three, because I think it was the least ridiculous out of all of them uh, for <laughs> me. And like it was a lot I don't of know, just, you
0: get you get Roboto Puss in the that's, fourth, that's, fourth
1: episode. That's true. But uh, there was just like a lot of cool action scenes going on and a lot of a lot of battles that were happening. So I think that's why I liked the third part the best out of all five parts. So. How about you Robert anything any particular one that stood out uh, for you?
0: I think the third I think the third one because um, it was when we first see a to- uh, toll booth in the bridge layer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you get uh, you know breakdance and snake eyes and all kinds of stuff
1: Yep. so all right well let to uh, go ahead and give our information out uh, you can find us at starjoes.com you can find us at the forum for Geeks.com, where you can see these recaps of these episodes and talk about so many different topics uh, on there, uh, you can find us at Facebook. We have both a profile page as well as a fan page. Uh, you can find us, uh, you can leave us a message either through email with starjoespodcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail. It's, uh, 440941 J O E S 440941 Joes. And as mentioned in recent episodes, we do have episode 100 coming up. So there's still time for you to get a voicemail in if you'd like uh, to say something about us reaching 100 episodes, uh, whether that's a good thing to you or a bad thing. And we, <laughs> You're like, please
0: stop, don't do anymore.
1: <laughs> and uh, we will actually play those. Uh, we will actually play those voicemails on the hundredth episode. So, uh, like I said, there's still time to get those in. Um, and uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio. It's the smart way to radio and you please leave us an iTunes review. Uh, we haven't had one since I think February, so it'd be nice to get some new iTunes reviews. I know you guys are out there listening, so.
0: It's like Stitcher Radio. Bazooka does not listen
1: to this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Robert, how can they find you? Uh,
0: most of my stuff is through my blog, which is robertatkinsart.blogspot.com, and usually I'm kind of posting updates on the work I'm currently doing or commissions or convention sketches I've done. Uh, You can also go on Facebook. It's just Robert Atkins Art. On Twitter, it's at Robert Atkins Art. And if you need to email me, it's robert at com. So I try and keep it all pretty easy to find.
1: Cool. Uh, John, uh, do you have any way for people to find you or contact Absolutely.
2: I'm on Facebook at John Thurmond, Twitter at that John Thurmond. And uh, part of the reason right now I have a lot of time to watch some Shows is that unfortunately I got notice at work. So if you are uh, looking for a human resources professional, and according to when you hear this, um, I also am on LinkedIn, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, you know finding a job soon. But uh, any help there would be appreciated. Well, but again, the professional would be at LinkedIn.
1: Very cool. dot com. Very cool. All right. Uh, well, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you
0: because knowing is half the battle. Take care. When you slave for
2: a cobra sure is neat to do your work to a boogie woogie beat. Just let your feet tap and move while the prisoners groove with a bodio dodio reet.